absolute privilege it is to be here. Um, we live for His glory. We function by, we live out of His life. Uh, guys did a great job uh, singing. Christ was magnified. And I just uh, ask you, God, that the continuation of this would only be a magnification of your work that you did on our behalf. Thank you for the privilege of looking into your word, the privilege of being with brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, Please strengthen me as I always feel weak. That's just where you want me. In Jesus' name. I came prepared, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I'm, I'm a person that was a slave. And I thank God I get still overwhelmed of grace. I had so many chains, so many shackles. I never thought I could ever be free. My testimony in my life is not about what I got to do in Thailand. It's about who I've got to live with and who's discipled me, Jesus Christ. Uh, this man's weak. Uh, although the reality is it's whatever errors in my life I still believe are my strengths, those are my greatest weaknesses because then I wouldn't rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is my life. And he is my strength. I'm going to ask you guys to open to the white pages of your Bible. That's the parts we don't get to be in too much. So we'll be in Second Kings chapter 6. Um, I certainly would not, please understand me, do this in any ways to to be offensive. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, English is my second language. And when I get into some of these other translations, I feel like I sputter all the time. And you'll even find as I read this, uh, you might find me sputtering a little bit. But this is the easiest one for me to read. And so I will go ahead and do that. We're, we're going to be in chapter 6 of Second Kings. And uh, I'm going to start in verse 24. Sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadden of Aram mobilized his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. After a while, even a donkey's head sold for two pounds of silver, and a cup of dove's dung cost about two ounces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall, of the city, a woman called out to him, Please help me, my lord, the king. If the lord doesn't help you, what can I do? He retorted. I have neither food nor wine to give you. But then the king asked, What's the matter? She replied, This woman proposed that we we eat my son one day and her son the next. 
So we cooked my son and we ate him. Then the next day I said, kill your son so that we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing sackcloth underneath next to his skin. May God kill me if I don't execute Elijah, son of hard name to read. This very day, the king vowed. <laughs> Whoa. That's not usually your Sunday school material, is it? What do we got here? We got Samaria under siege. Having lived in Europe and with all the castles, you get to see how they build it. And uh, like in Europe, most cities were a place, not necessarily where everybody lived, but where everybody took refuge. Often their gardens, maybe their field homes, or the poor people might live outside the city. But when there was a siege, an army would come in and all the people would find refuge in this city. And the purpose of a siege is to cut people off from water, from gardens, from contact with friends that might be able to come and help them. It was literally to put them into a situation to snuff out their life or for them to say, all right, we surrender. Now, the siege has been going on long enough. It says that in Samaria, if you and I strolled down to the marketplace, most of the merchants are gone by now, and the few that are left are selling things that don't look overly appetizing. Uh, trust me, as a missionary, I've eaten probably both of those. <laughs> On ahead, there's not a whole bunch. My tribal friends keep the head of the pig. For them, that's like totally cool. That's what you eat with your buddies. And it's really not the lips, gums, brain, not that great. <laughs> and then it says... Uh, here it says a cup of dove's dung cost about... Now, it says it could potentially be some kind of vegetation. And I, I can say that my tribal friends, they will go out and basically just pick weeds. And that's what we eat. So I could imagine that. But I've also been with my tribal friends and they've served me... Yeah... <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> and it tastes about as good as it smells. You know what? To pay two pounds of silver for a donkey's head, you know that things are bad, aren't they? And so you can kind of get the feel that in this city, with all that's going on, things are in dire straits. And then 
this awkward section of the Bible. This lady comes up and she says, as the king is walking by, she cries out to help, for help and she said, King, King, please help. His response is, first of all, there's not much I can do for you. I, I don't have resources. I, I don't have anything here that can meet your needs. But go ahead, speak up. And she tells this sad story of an event in her life. I am assuming something here. But my guess is that these girls must have been friends. You don't know, you know, you just don't walk up to someone that you don't know and isn't a real close friend and say, hey, you know what? Why don't we kill your son today? We'll kill mine tomorrow. Let's eat. No, 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 you don't do that. I am simply assuming that for this lady to get to this spot, I can imagine them walking to the market and meeting up and saying, It was terrible last night. Um, I tried to feed Johnny. I, I, was, I, have, I haven't eaten myself in days. I'm not able to produce anything for him to eat. And I'm finding it so hard to stay up at night and listen to his cries because he needs food. I, I don't know what to do. It just seems... Uh, I don't know how many more nights I can go going on like this, listening to him cry. And I can see him getting weaker and weaker. And the other mom's probably agreeing because she's going through the same thing. And I think you have here the case of two women that have come to the end of it. I believe probably to them it would be better if we took their lives. I can't stand hearing them cry at night anymore. When I hold him, his head is limp and he has no strength. And I can imagine these ladies Afraid to, but getting to the point of saying, you know what? I don't know, I'm nearly feeling like if I took his life, that'd be the best thing. And they do. And they... And later on that day, the lady who's eaten... It's starting to affect her body. Maybe now she's able to produce. And now all of a sudden she's able to hold her little boy up to herself. And he's able to eat. And his crying stops. Oh no. Uh, now I don't want to take his life anymore. 
And when the king hears this, he is absolutely mortified. He rips his clothing as in mourning. What has it gotten to? That, my friends, is a beautiful picture of this world. This world has been placed under siege. And a world without hope, a world without an out, makes a 16-year-old go as she sits in her car and wonders if she should tell her mom and dad, I better not. Her boyfriend said, you better get rid of this. Because look at how badly this would affect us. And so this 16-year-old girl drives up to a small clinic to go through a procedure that will mark her life. Why? Hopeless people do hopeless things. Remember, this is the world you and I live in. It's a hopeless world. They're all stuck in this system. They're all stuck in this castle. And they try to function as they can. And to consume of this world's goods, it costs you a lot. If you're a teen and you want to be popular, if you want to be accepted in this system, in this world system, the marketplace will ask you for much. And it will leave you empty. It's funny too, though, how even in this system where they're totally under siege, there's a king there. And he's walking in his kingly whatever robes. And even in this system, we have these people that we look up to that supposedly have answers for us. That supposedly are role models that we want to mimic. We might even desire their position. They play on NBA teams. They star in Hollywood movies. They occupy positions of power. But regardless of the clothing, regardless of the position, remember, they're still under siege. We pick up the story a little bit further. Chapter 7, verse 3, it says, Now, there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. 
Why should we sit here to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, and we will starve if we go back into the city. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. If they kill us, well, I guess we would have died anyways. And so here, here's the city of Samaria, and outside are four men with leprosy. It's funny how kind of they're rejects. Back in those times, if you had leprosy, you weren't allowed to be with other people. You, you were like the, the outcast. You were out there. In fact, every time that someone came close to you, you had to yell, Unclean! Unclean! So that people wouldn't approach you. If your family came to feed you, they'd put a basket and then take off and then now you, you are a reject. And so these four men are there and they're going, you know what? We're dying if we stay here. We'll die if we go back into the city. You know what, guys? Maybe the best option we got right now is let's go surrender to the Armenian army because, I mean, if they kill us, I mean, that's what we are already, basically is dead. We don't lose anything. It's funny how these four men are able to see something very different that those who are stuck inside the city can't. Those inside the city, they have the same plight on them. But because maybe of the fact that these guys were rejected, didn't really fit the system, they were willing to look somewhere else for an answer. So that evening, they went out to the camp of the Armenians. But no one was there. For the Lord had caused the whole army of Aram to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sound of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried out. So they panicked and fled into the night abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else. And they fled for their lives. When the leopards arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating, drinking, and carrying out silver and gold and clothing and hiding it. Man, imagine that. I mean, they've been talking about this all day. Man, you know what we... Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you feel if you show up at night, you look... I don't know. Anyways, they decide to go there at night. You can kind of tell they're nervous. They approach one of the tents and... Excuse me? Uh, um, excuse me. I said, there's no one here. What, what do I do? I don't know. Peek in. Oh, man. 
Do you smell that stew? I just got a loaf of bread right next to it. The guy runs in, grabs a loaf, comes on out. The next guy's had the guts to go to the next town. Excuse me. As they discover, there's no one there. No one's here. Can you believe it? And they get in there, and oh man. And all of a sudden, one of the guys disappears. He's gone for a few minutes. And he comes out. He's like, how do I look, man? (laughs) Take some of the clothing. And oh, it feels so good to get something clean on. Fits you, buddy. Looks like it was made right for you. And they take this bread... And they eat it. Oh, I haven't tasted a fresh loaf of bread like this. I'm French, so that's why I focus in on the bread. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Wouldn't that have been so cool? And they check out, and there's knives there. Man, silver and gold. They, they haven't seen that many riches ever that they can remember. And they're enjoying it all. And it says, finally they said to each other, it isn't right. This is wonderful news and and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some terrible calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come and let us go back and tell the people at the palace. They're sitting there and they grab the bag and they got stuff and and the guy's like, man, if we tell everybody this is going on, they're going to come out. They're probably faster than us. Ah, let me just bury this. I have to get a couple pounds of gold, a few clothes for me, because I might need it later. But guys, um, is it right for us to stay here and enjoy this food, this bread, fresh clothes? And so they packed their bags and went back into the city. They show up early in the morning and, and they go back to the marketplace. And a guy pulls up at the market and says, Hey, I, I like to buy that, that head right there. Takes out a couple bars of silver. Is that what he did? Did did they go back to the market and buy that that cup of dung and and that donkey's head? No, why? They had found riches over there. Huge riches. 
You know what? There's only one way. Those those lepers were... Did I say it right? I always say leopards, right? So, lepers... Would they have been able to to beat the Armenian army? Could the world system could could some, no? They couldn't beat them either. It would have to take a miraculous act of God, right, to defeat the enemy. And he did. And the byproduct of this act of God, this miraculous act of God, is salvation that only God could provide. Is full of riches. That's why we've been asked, hey, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. The problem is that too many of us believers only sample of the goodness of God. And we tend to run back into that city and try to invest into that city. Now imagine the lady that was selling that donkey's head. She said, where in the world did you get all that silver? Uh, well, you know what? Over there, that army, the army, they're all gone. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of, of dollars and food and riches. and But I'd like to have that. We send a very confusing message to the world, don't we? When we talk about what happened there, and we tell them of everything we have received in Christ, but they find us shopping in the marketplace of this world. They don't understand, nor should they. Is there a time to go back to that city? Oh, yeah. But with a very clear purpose. God, yes, they saw their responsibility. Oh, man, look at all we've received. It's our responsibility to go back there. But in order to do what? Tell them of the riches that they found. It's not too hard to make applications, is it? Um, problem is, I don't know with myself. Why is it that my taste buds want to eat? Crap. Because it's what it is. Isn't that sad? Why is it that our taste buds are drawn to that? I want to encourage you as 
fellow believers in Jesus Christ. Check out the tents. Check out the the spoils of victory. Do, Do you know that the Christian faith is the only one that fully gives you and then you are out to function out of those riches because you see every religion always that's always the carrot at the end of the road it's always well if you do this and if you do this and if you do this guess what you get at the end It's kind of like chasing a dream. But for us who have believed in Jesus Christ, did you hear some of the words of the songs we sang together? I felt like saying, uh, yeah, during the message, just put the words up (laughs) to the songs about this victory that's been won on our behalf. Do you know that I went to Thailand because I believed that God would be more happy with me? Because you see, in the auditorium of heaven, in my mind, everybody in ministry kind of was up on the podium. Missionaries were part of that group, and oh man... The one that's sitting on Jesus' lap? Yeah, he's a tribal guy. Like, like he went to like, you, you think I'm joking? I'm not. That's why I went into that. Because somehow I wanted to be accepted. I remember even after getting to Thailand saying, God, I know you loved me. But do you like me? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that friend that walks with you? If he was here today, would he have loved to have taken a ride in the car with me? I went there to try to be pleasing to God and God put me in some very hard situations And he brought me to Christ to understand that all that I am is found in the person and finished work of Jesus Christ. He is my life. And I get to live out and function in this world out of all those riches I lack nothing. God is so gracious and kind to to shower with me with so many things. But His work on my behalf, the riches I received in Christ, are incredible. I think for me, my biggest struggle 
was knowing how to relate to the world. Just as we see our United States stumble like a drunken person, lost, unable to get their balance, let's go back to what the Scripture says. Do you know that God says that man outside of Christ is what? Dead, right? You were born in your trespasses and sins. We were dead, we were dead, we were born dead in Romans chapter 5 because we are descendants of Adam. I struggle as a missionary being in Thailand because Thailand is a very, very aggressive country. It's your modern day Sodom and Gomorrah, no less. And in order to not be offensive. I don't need to go into any detail, but it's all of that. And I remember telling God, I don't want to go back. I don't want to be stared at by another guy. I don't want to see them lusting after me. I don't want them to make any moves on me. I hated that. Enough to say, I don't want to go back. And the Lord very clearly painted this picture in my mind and said, they're dead. Do you remember that, Dave? They're dead. Uh, look at the corpse, Dave. Look at that corpse in the middle of the road, that, that roadkill. Can that roadkill move itself out of the way? No. Is it able to chase the flies away that are buzzing around its head and its wounds? No. Can it prevent itself from bloating? No. Why? It's dead. Can it prevent itself from stinking? No. That's a byproduct of death, right? This world is dead outside of Christ. Guess what? The stench of death might be nauseating to us, but it is the reality of the state of those people. God has not asked us to be a funeral home. He has not asked us to take unsafe people, people who are still dead, and change them enough so that they smell good. Have you ever been to a funeral home? They have the body laying there. They've curled the hair, done all the stuff, and people walk by and say, Oh, she looks good. No, she doesn't. She looks dead. She looks dead. It's dead. It's decaying. It's going to stink. That's why we're not going to leave the box open for many more days. Our job is not to try to get our community to stop stinking. 
Their need is much more deep than that. Because the reality is, Christ did not come to make bad people good. He didn't. That's the work of religion. Religion tries to take a dead body, a stinky body, and say, okay, now do this, 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 so you don't smell like death. No, our message is not about God taking bad people and making them good. It's about God having taken someone who was dead and He made them alive in Jesus Christ. That's our hope. That's our message. So let's be careful when we communicate to this world that we're not trying to make them look embalmed. Because even if they smell good and and we find them acceptable in our eyes, they're still going to hell. Our message is that Christ made us alive, huh? Isn't that a wonderful Savior? We were powerless to do it. That's why you know what we are? We're just a beggar showing another beggar where to get a piece of bread. I've got the scars of leprosy sent all over me. And God provides salvation for me. And now, I take what I have found in Christ and pray for me now as I go back. And I tell, and I show what Christ has done for me. That's what each one of us are who have trusted in Jesus Christ. Just beggars that received incredible riches in Christ Jesus. Going back into the marketplace and into the streets so that we can find people without hope and in crisis. Come on, do you think if that lady knew, just wait 24 more hours, do you think she would have killed her baby? No. She did because she had no hope and no vision of hope. So, be a messenger of hope. One last question. This is all about missions. Um, if it was physically possible to take this thing called your faith and cut it out of your life and let one of your friends live it out for 24 hours, would they be disappointed with God? So this goes way beyond the, how you doing? Great. Praise the Lord. Yay! This is who you are when you lay by yourself on your bed at night. Is this just filling in your social calendar? 
Is this just a filling in that morality thing that, well, that's what I got to do? Or is this life to you? I honestly pray to the Lord day by day, God, make my faith so real that if anybody else could live it for 24 hours, when I'd go back to pick it up, they'd go, come on, please, p- please don't do this to me. Can, can I please keep it for another 24 hours? This is wonderful. You mean you get to do this every day? Yeah. That's what a witness is. He testifies and says about what God does day in and day out. Also, God, make our faith real. You say that you came to give us life. And you even define that life. You even explain how it would look like. You said that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. You know how many years of my life I lived and that wasn't true. But you've made it true. You took my chains and they're gone. We need to be a very real people in a world where we do get to see marketplaces full of crap and people making decisions that seem so weird and unthought of. Killing a baby to eat it? Come on. But that's our world because it has no hope. Because our adversary has kept it under under siege. But yours is the victory. Can you please help us, Lord, to can you please help us understand what we received in Christ Jesus? Uh, please change our taste buds that we would desire that which you have provided. Fatten us, Lord, with grace, love, and mercy. And burn our our hearts uh, to do just what they did. To say, boy, well, now I got a job to do. I better get back in there and, and tell people because it wouldn't be right for me to just enjoy this all to myself. Plus, there's so much here, tons and millions of people could have part in it. Um, thanks, God. Because your word is powerful. Thanks for feeding us and challenging us and encouraging us this morning. I feel weak and I still feel weak. But it's just been great to be in your presence. Thank you for these believers. Encourage them. In Jesus' name.